morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world, and whenever you are tuning in to this video, my name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode, episode 19 of Ruthless Talk. So guys, today is Tuesday. First of all, Brian, welcome back. We missed you last episode. It's good Thank to have you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Everyone is so excited to see your beautiful face once again. <laughs> But uh, yeah, today is Tuesday, guys, so that can only mean one thing. It is time to talk some Monday Night Raw from last night, man. So uh, we're going to break down this this uh, this show match by match, segment by segment uh, for the for you OG fans. Again, I can't believe I'm actually getting to that point now with when it right. comes to this platform, um, you know, break down the show. The only way we know how to do well, the only way we know how to do it. And yeah, we're going to talk all about this show last night as we continue to get uh, closer to Elimination Chamber. This pretty much was the go-home show uh, to the Elimination Chamber. And of mm -hmm. course, uh, we'll talk more about WWE and stuff like that once we get into the SmackDown review later later on this week. And of course, getting closer and closer to WrestleMania. Uh, but before we get into Monday Night Raw, Brian, I, there's some things that I want to talk about. And there was some some stuff that that broke out the last two days and that is with Tony Khan mm -hmm. and this opposed tampering of contracts and this alleged war that he thinks that he's with WWE um just very if we if we thought that Tony Khan was like on another world like another different world of his own like it's it's pretty clear as day cuz like this dude has just completely lost it. I, I mean, guys, it, it, I mean, first of all, before I get into this alleged war, because that's an entirely different freaking uh, different story here. But um, so, yeah, he so pretty much the story, guys, is that, you know, he he's called out WWE about uh, tampering contracts in regards to New Japan. And he's mentioned Nick Khan's name that he spoke to Nick Khan in the past and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just. It's just, guys, it's so weird. It's just, you know, he he's he said that he's heard from people from the internet, so it it, it must be true, right? It's 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 off on the internet. It's like I read it on the internet. That's Tony Khan's words, right? It's like, well, it must be true then, Brian. If it, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, is it everything? Um, you know, it's and and of course from wrestlers um, that he's currently working with. You know, he's he's heard it from wrestlers, and this is this is from. Uh, from Tony Khan, and I quote, he says, I can't really comment on what WWE and what their internal struggles are, um, but I don't work. Of course, I don't work there and I'm not there. I can only speak to the challenges we have had and gotten a lot of wrestlers that come to me that allege that WWE reached out to them and tampered with their contracts and asked them to break their contracts. And he's also talked about how he's had to during this process, he's had to put on good shows good good shows right oh yeah like uh, uh, brian i know you're looking baffled because this is probably the first time you're hearing this uh, this is literally straight out of tony khan's mouth right goes on to say but frankly i don't think this has stopped us because the quality of the product and the shows is at an all-time high guys i'm gonna repeat that again the product the quality <clears throat> of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high Says who? Dipshit Dugenheimer. I guess. <laughs> fucking dipshit Dugenheimer and fuckwad Fred in, in the stands? 
on a dynamite that's that screams this is awesome every week <laughs> like what the fuck yeah like, this guys i'm not like this dude is just in another world of his own dude you can't hit a million followers consistently mm -hmm. so what do you mean brian this was a company that even just a few months ago uh early on in 2022 they were close to i want to say a 1.2 a 1.3 they or they hit somewhere in mm -hmm. that quarterly hour frame and now they've gone backwards right, right? they've gone backwards like it's it's so like rampage even for example right rampage is literally sat this week at 300 I want to say 375,000 uh, viewers this week. It's like, dude, SmackDown, like, they don't even know you exist, bro. Like, the and, and and now I get into this war type of deal, right? Like, and I'll get back to Nick Khan and all that stuff. So, like, this alleged type of, con these alleged contracts that ap apparently that there's tampering involved, that he heard from his wrestlers, and then he heard off of the internet. So, it has to be true. Mm -hmm. But let me get into this war. Like, what? What war is there? Like, does this guy think he's WCW or something? Like, what the fuck kind of war does this guy think he's in? Again, dude, SmackDown is, like, crushing you on Friday nights. Again, they don't even know you fucking exist, right? right. Like, it's it's just, like, like what? <laughs> like, I'm, guys, I'm baffled because, like, I this guy is in a different world of his own. Mm -hmm. It is so, it is just so odd. That this guy, first of all, Tony, before I bring, uh, I'm, I'm going to get your thoughts about this, Brian, because I do want to hear what you what you think about this. Here's the thing, Tony. Stop worrying about what WWE is doing and focus on your own shit. Mm -hmm. right? you, you talk about like, you, you know, you're talking about WWE and you think there's this alleged war and fans just love the war between you two. When statistically, you are literally in the shitter or getting close to it. Mm -hmm. so do us a favor, focus on your own fucking product and worry about your own wrestlers booking them properly. And maybe, I don't know, get to WWE's level before you start talking about a war. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I'm just like, again, I want to, and guys, I know I come across like as this AEW type <clears throat> of like, you know, just shit talker and i just shit on everything AEW guys that's not the case i want to defend this company i want to see AEW bring the best out of wwe and vice versa but how can i sit here and hear these words and and defend it how can mm -hmm. i and it's just it's so baffling before i get more into this brian your thoughts about these comments that tony's made and just yeah this whole situation as a whole man the floor is yours um, I guess I'll start with saying, you know, as as a business, you know, the owner of the company, I get it from that standpoint where, you know, he's got to go out there and say, you know, we're putting on excellent shows, right? He can't bury his own product. So I, I get it from that point. I just hope that he's really, truly not <laughs> believing his own shit because, you know, the, these are not, the, you know, like we've gone through the past month or so, you know, these are not the best shows, not even the best shows AEW has put on, right? Um, if you wanted to talk about a war, you know, between WWE and AEW, maybe you were coming close in, you know, 2020, 21, maybe you could, you could argue, reasonably say that. 
But right now, as it stands in 2023, as somebody that that grew up with the the Monday Night Wars, you know, WCW and and WWE or F at the time, you know, for those, I don't know what it was, two, two and a half years, maybe that that was a war where, you know, people were flipping back. I mean, it it wasn't even so much like, uh, you know, oh, I'm watching WWE or WCW. It was like segment by segment, you know. I'm watching WWE for this, and then I'm going to flip over to WCW because I know this is coming on, right? Um, so when you have somebody with the knowledge, you know, like, and I've seen it, you know, the the Monday Night Wars, this is not even close to that. Like, not, not in the same ballpark, not in the same universe. Um, and as far as, like, the tampering stuff, you know, with not knowing exactly what happened, like, look, this isn't this isn't like a NFL or MLB where you know the wrestlers are independent contractors, right? And wrestlers have always historically, like, I mean, you think like AEW guys don't talk to WWE guys? Of course they do. I mean, uh, I mean, shit, Charlotte Flair is married to Andrade, uh, Malachi Black, um, is uh, is he with Selena Vega? Or was he used to yeah. be or yeah, something? Yeah. yeah. So, Vega, yeah. so I mean, there's a lot of cross promotion. Of course, people talk, you know. Um, and if WWE, you know, reached out or had some conversation or just some offhand comment or just trying to gauge a wrestler's like, you know, hey, you know, are you interested? Are you happy? Whatever. I wouldn't necessarily call that tampering. Now, if if they're legitimately trying to get them to like no show events or something like that, then yeah, that, that will be tampering. But if you're just having conversations about the business or about your future or whatever, that's not tampering. Um, so yeah, I think all of this is, is a lot to do about nothing really. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't get where, Again, and I don't know all the inside stories. Of course, I'm sure the wrestlers and and Tony and Triple H and Vince obviously have a lot more information and know, you know, who's spoken to who and and whatnot and all the details. But again, every wrestler is an independent contractor and they, as long as they honor the contract, you know, you can have conversations all day long with whoever the hell you want to have conversations with about whatever, like it, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, but the, the whole Monday night war and, or whatever wrestling war, and we're putting on the best shows. No, you're not Tony. <laughs> no, no, you're not like right now. WWE is smoking your ass. Like that's, no, that's, that's not even close. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that he needs to shit on his own product and say, oh, we're doing horribly. I mean, yeah, but it's like at this point, Brian, he's just talking out of his ass. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, like who's buying what he's trying to sell? It's like, right. stop doing these interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, just stop. Like, focus on your own product. Stop talking and just prove to us with your actions that you can put on a good show. Like, that's it. Like, I don't want you sometimes, like I said, actions speak louder than words. Like, I don't want you to say anything. You shouldn't be saying shit right now. That's what I mean. Yeah. Especially for you to say where where the company is right now. Yeah. He should not be speaking about focus on your own freaking product right now, dude. 
Yep. So moving on with this whole this whole situation. So so yeah, again, so like again, the product is at an all freaking time high. So going on to this alleged war, um, here, right? Like this 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 war, mm-hmm. like quote unquote war. <laughs> so this is again what what um what what Tony Khan says again, and I quote, he's like, he's like, what I do know is that it's a real war between <clears throat> AEW and WWE, and the fans are interested in it, and that was the part of the original business model of AEW, and I was. And I was, I know new wrestling fans, frankly, are very interested in wrestling free agency and wrestling wars believe we could create a free agency market that definitely is a real thing and that we could be a big part of the story. I think wrestling fans at the end of the day, that's a lot what happens in wrestling shows is sometimes story is that why people like watching the shows. Exactly, well, but what's, what story it's do you taken, have? It's taken him three to four fucking years to figure it out. He's figured out that you need to have stories in your shows. Yeah, but you're, guys, he's still not putting them on though. He's still not Khan. making stories. You know, Let, let's give a round of applause for three to four fucking years. He's been in this business, and now he's finally figured it out. So here's a crazy concept, Tony. Put one on your show because right now you don't. <laughs> you right. just don't. Yeah. So again, he's talking out of his ass because he's saying. He thinks he's saying all the right things, but yet his actions in these shows, it says otherwise. Right. You know what I mean? It's just I, I, I laughed when I when I freaking first read that quote. It was absolutely scary. like, yay, he's, he's getting it now. Put one <laughs> in your show, buddy. Like you know, yeah, not that hard. But yeah, it's just and, and and how does he how does he finish with this man? So again, he says, and I quote: "I think we truly hate each other." Like he really like this guy really legitimately thinks that. Triple H and Vince go home. They tuck their kids in bed at night and they think, ah, oh, Tony Khan, you know, counting their millions of dollars and thinking, oh, Tony Khan, dude, they're not doing that. You know, because right. guess what? They could give a shit about you because like Brian, you said, they're smoking your ass. Right. And that's not a, st- and that's not our opinions, guys. That's a fact. Statistically, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's just, there's a real, there's a true hate. There's a truly hate each other. I think we truly hate each other. Excuse me. And I think it makes it for really exciting television to make an exciting wrestling war. And here, here's another thing I'll say about that it, with, in regards to the wrestlers, right? I mean, with the exception of, of a few, I mean, you got uh, Jericho, right? Uh, Malachi Black, FTR. Um, I, and I'm sure I could name many more. Um, Dustin and Cody Rhodes when he was still there, right? The, like, do you really believe that, like, Chris Jericho is over there hating WWE and the wrestlers over there. No, he's got no friendships with, with these guys. You know what I mean? I mean, that's come on. Yeah. And then, and then, that's, getting, that's back, silly. And then getting back to this whole Nick Khan thing. So again, the whole story is that, you know, Nick Khan, you know, he says like two years ago, he said there was a rumor on the internet that his business partner, which is new Japan pro wrestling, gotten a phone call from Nick Khan about switching over to work with them. And he says, I was just really getting started to work with new Japan. We have only been working together for a short time. He says, frankly, you know, it was like a, like I, like I said, it was just, it was a very new relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it was getting pretty good. And to this day, it's an amazing partnership. And I can call the new Japan executives. And I say, is this true? And did WWE call you? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, we're still, we are still doing the stuff we have planned. And then like, just kind of going off on that type of stuff. So here's the thing as well. 
And guys, this is why I do my research. This is why I'm the most brilliant motherfucker on this platform. <laughs> Weeks ago, I want to say early on this year or 2002, he he did an interview with Ariel Hawani, who's a, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, who's a another journalist. And he said that he has spoken to Nick Khan in the past mm -hmm. about this type of, so if, if you're really that perturbed with Nick Khan calling New Japan, then why don't you just call him like you've mentioned in these interviews that you've talked to him in the past? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. He says he's talked to him. You know what Nick Khan said also in an interview? He's literally said, I've never met the kid, but he seems like a nice fellow. Like legit. That is actually a legit quote from Nick Khan. He's like, I've never met him in my life. Talking about so Tony somebody, Khan? This is Nick Khan. Nick Khan's words. But talking about talking never about meeting. Tony. Okay, exactly, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to get you confused there, Brian. So yeah, Nick Khan <laughs> talking about Tony or Tony Khan was mentioned in this interview and he says, right. I've never met him in my life. Now, here's <laughs> the thing, guys. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm going to believe everything Nick Khan, or Nick Khan says. Trust me, I, I, I'm not that person. But however, Nick Khan is a type of person that he seems to be very straight to the point, very, even though he's very ruthless, kind of like Vince McMahon, mm -hmm. he's very straight to the point and pretty straightforward. So when, you know, and, and so yes, guys, I'm going to believe more of Nick Khan saying that I've never met Tony Khan in my life more than Tony Khan says, you know, I've spoke with Nick Khan in the past many, many times. And this whole, whatever this tampering shit is with new Japan, mm -hmm. so somebody's lying here. You know what I mean? So, and to be honest with you, I'm going to trust Nick Khan more than this fucking guy, because this dude to me, Brian just does nothing but talk out of his ass. He, he, what's that saying, Brian? It's like, you, you can only, it's like, you're at, you know, you're, ah, what's it? What's, what's the saying? I'm botching this now. Uh, I don't know. like your ass can't like, <laughs> You talk right checks uh, your ass can't cash. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Brian. Appreciate it. Cause that was going to drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's pretty much where Tony Khan is at. But again, to make a long story short, cause I do want to get into to Monday night raw, like Tony stop with this alleged war. Stop with like, stop with this whole deal that WWE is out to get you focus mm -hmm. on your own freaking product. Because right. your ratings and statistics prove that you are in the fucking shitter. Mm -hmm. Focus on your own freaking product. Make some stories. Like, get people invested. Stop doing this match after match after match type of freaking formulaic bullshit. Mm -hmm. And once you start to get to, you know, right now he's what? he's I think last week they hit a hundred and... 899 uh, million viewers, you know, thousand. how about you or yeah, thousand, excuse me, 900, excuse me. Sometimes I, I miscalculate <laughs> hundred and thousand because I'm my, you know, I'm mind is spilling. Mine is like spinning miles and hours here, but yeah, a hundred, 899,000 viewers was from this past week. Mm -hmm. you know? So Tony start to consistently hit that 1 million for us. Right. Just yeah. to, because now we've moved the goalposts now, right? We've moved the goalposts, just hit a million. I just hit right. And then when you get to a million, Tony, then we get to 1.2, 1.1, And then at that point, we get to 1.4, 1.5. Then you start competing with Money Night Raw because right. Money Night Raw, they're like, you know, let's be honest, Money Night Raw isn't that, hasn't been the greatest either. They could barely get over a 2 million. So once you get to there, okay, then, and then maybe if you explicit that level, 
then maybe we could start talking about SmackDown. But get right. onto their level before you talk about a fucking war. Yeah. Like enough. And again, going back to the the New Japan thing and the tampering, like, again, look, I wouldn't categorize that as tampering so much as, you know, there's, what, you know, maybe a half a dozen half a dozen you know legit sort of big time wrestling companies in the world right of course there's there's interactions and there's talk and there's you know what about this wrestler or what if we partnered here you know that that stuff always goes on and until somebody violates a, a contractual agreement this isn't tampering you know that's it's it's, it, it, it's if wwe day. partnered with new japan right yeah new japan right now if they did if they decided you know to to whatever finish out this contract whatever or whatever agreement they have with AEW and then decide to go partner with WWE somehow well that would be good business for new japan because right now WWE is is a better product it's getting more views it's it's generating more money so by you know it, it, like i said it's just silly man that's I that's feel, not tampering. I feel like too like he also has like a disconnection towards his audience because if you guys know the aw niche audience a lot they'll always talk when it comes to statistics and ratings because tony khan obviously cares about it right mm -hmm. clearly is you know he always talks about the rating he always talks about the statistics while the fans are like oh the ratings don't matter why is everyone you know well tell your boss that because your boss clearly cares right, right? i'm saying because and that's what I keep saying about statistics, guys. It matters because, I mean, guys, I don't even understand how Rampage is even still on the air with the with the numbers <laughs> that they're pulling in. It's yeah. like I, it it's it's unbelievable to me. Like I haven't seen Rampage in weeks. I don't know if people just don't want to give it a chance or if it's just that bad. Mm -hmm. But something has to change in this company. Something, right? And 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 it's just it's just frustrating because yeah. this and this dude is worrying about. Instead of focusing on his product, here he is doing interviews, talking about an alleged tampering that happened two years ago. Like, dude, you're focused on everything but your own fucking issues. And mm -hmm. that's where I'm coming from. So, Tony, do us a favor. Stop with this BS and get your head out of your ass and let your actions start doing the talking. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, if Agreed. you have any more final thoughts, man, before we get into the show. Um, no, no, no. Your final thoughts before we get into the show. Yeah, the floor is yours if you have nothing, any. Nothing really other than, you know, I, I get, you know, with him coming out and saying this, of course, you get the internet clicks and the whatever. So, I mean, and, and, and even us, we're sitting here talking about it, right? And wrestling in itself is... It's a circus, right? It's built on promotion, whether it is smoke and mirrors. And so in that aspect, if that's what you're trying to do, okay, you know, golf clap for you. But it's what you're saying is complete bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. Couldn't say it any better. <laughs> Couldn't say it any better. All right, guys. So with all that being said, it is time to get into Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw. February 13th, 2023, live in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New mm -hmm. York, in the Barclays Center. Let's just start from the jump, man. Let's just get straight yeah. into it. Our number one is Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch music hits, and she starts the show off. Um, Adam Pierce is also out there. Adam Pierce is also in the ring. 
um, you know, she uh, she starts off by shouting out to Lita for having her back uh, last week in that steel cage match. Uh, loud Lita chants erupt mm-hmm. through the crowd in the Barclays Center. But then she starts turning her focus to the Raw Women's Championship. She's like, you know, ever since I've been dealing with Bailey, I mean, this is speaking hypothetically here. Um, you know, I've been focusing on the wrong things. And the one thing that I should be focused, I should be focusing on is the Raw Women's Championship. And she's now asking for pretty much asking Pierce for an opportunity in the elimination chamber match. She's like, I won in this match. Like, I don't care if the, if, if, if the, if, if all the spots are full, I want a part of it because I'm Becky Lynch and I say so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I, I don't know. Bailey's music hits and she says the same, pretty much the same thing. Like I want, I also won in this match and I won in because I said so. And, and it's just like, guys, what? I, I don't understand. Like we went from, I spoke about this last week about Lita and Trish and about like, why are you involving Bailey and Becky in this title when you don't need to? Right. But I'll tell you why, because they knew they effed up. They effed up because they knew people like Liv Morgan, Raquel, even um, Nikki Cross, just naming off people off the top of my head who were in this chamber match have mm-hmm. not been booked properly, right? Because, nope. I mean, listen, who's giving a shit about Raquel, Nikki, and even Liv Morgan? And I'm very high on Liv Morgan, but, like, she hasn't done anything relevant, revel- relevant I can speak, <laughs> uh, since she's uh, since she's dropped the SmackDown women's title months ago. So they knew, they're like, oh, dang, well, this is kind of an underwhelming, um, oh, underwhelming chamber match, so let's try to build suspense that Becky and Bailey could get in it. What? So both <laughs> Bailey and Becky, they're both demanding this title match for just some odd reason. Um, mm-hmm. just makes no sense to me at all. They're both going back and forth. Adam Pierce is just stuck in the middle of this whole nonsense. And uh, Bianca Belair comes out. Your Raw, Sma- your Raw SmackDown, or excuse me, your Raw Women's Champion hits the ring. And now she is like, you know what? You know, I want all of the challengers. So if they want an opportunity, go ahead and give it to them. So Adam Pierce says, I have an idea. Let's put a put in a triple threat between your Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, Becky, and Bailey. If Becky wins, she's in the chamber. If Bailey wins, she's in. But if Bela- Bianca Belair wins, neither are in at all. Mm-hmm. And the match is made, and that's 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 the segment. Um, I'm going to have you start this off, Brian, because I'm just baffled with this whole situation that we're just involving Becky and Bailey in this title title situation when they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. You told a beautiful story last week when you had Lita involved. We yep. didn't even get Lita. Nothing about Trish. But yet let's thrust them in this title picture when this is your go-home show to a chamber, to the elimination chamber. Something yeah. just doesn't seem to add up here, but... Brian, your thoughts about this segment before we move on? Oh, man, my first thought was, oh, no, because I I thought for sure, and I won't give it away. My my initial thoughts is this is going to be a push to get Becky in the chamber, and Becky's going to win it and go on to face Belair. And I just thought, oh, no. Rematch City. (laughs) Right? Uh Um, 
because as it stands now, again, I, I I think there are a few women in the chamber that probably shouldn't be there. Um, and it, if you had went with Bailey and Becky, you know, a month ago or whatever, okay. Um, but as it stands now, I think it's Asuka's to win. And, you know, it, again, I just thought it was going to be like, they're gonna they're just gonna screw Asuka out of this put Becky in it and she's gonna win and then go on to Mania and I even I'd even be kind of okay if it was Bailey um but I yeah I think it's Asuka's to to win that elimination chamber again this just kind of felt just thrown together like yeah it was just like what are we doing effort into it right it was just like okay we got nothing for bailey for becky and and bailey we kind of put all seemed like they put all their chips into one basket before elimination chamber let's let's seem like they're about to get involved in the title and then right no spoilers i'm not going to spoil it you know yet you know because here's the thing they wouldn't just have this weird triple thread and then just end the night with like nothing to nothing to build off right they wouldn't just have a winner of this match and just no right that's (laughs) yeah but and i thought like during the promo again or you know when they were out there in the ring both bailey and and becky um you know which i i hadn't even thought of and didn't realize that you know bailey's never main evented a wrestlemania which i think you know whether it's this year or not I, i think in years past i mean she's she was definitely capable of doing that um yeah. And I think she still is. So that's why I say, and you know, you, you go back to the four horsewomen. Um, you know, I, so there's four women, right? Uh, for me, Becky's number three and Charlotte's number four. Um, I've always been a bigger fan of Bailey. You know, Becky's been there before. And yeah, just my, like I, I said again, my initial thoughts were just like, oh, please don't do this. And we'll see if they do it. Because <laughs> yeah, here's the thing it's just like you know like it's kind of just a waste of time because mm-hmm. like it, it's like so either way it's just nothing it doesn't make any so there's it like because here's the thing you can't have your champion lose right, right before a, like you, she she's the raw women's champion you can't have her lose and then just to throw becky and and or bailey in there like like so, what they're gonna add a third member to start the match in the chamber? Right, like, and they were gonna. Yeah, they said they were gonna. So if if they did win, then there would be seven women in the chamber, and it would start out as a triple threat. Right. You know, it's like we. Yeah, it's like how like how many freaking women do we need in this chamber? Like, <laughs> let's just call up freaking Britt Baker. Let's just call up freaking uh, you know Jordan Grace over a teenage. Because why not? Let's just keep throwing motherfuckers in there. Uh, it's just like guys. I, I don't know what guys. This is the go home show to elimination chamber. Like what? In the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. That's just all I gotta say. By the way, Bianca did the only thing that that kept me afloat with this is that Bianca came in freaking in these beautiful booty shorts, and that like um, Montez. I'm just that, gonna say he's a is a lucky is a lucky that, man. Yeah, yeah. Bel Air is fine as shit <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> seriously and we're gonna get into Montez Ford because uh, that because mm-hmm. he was involved in the first match, but before that first match. Uh, the Judgment Day uh, was backstage, uh, pretty much just talking about the U.S. Elimination Chamber match and their mixed tag between uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix. Um, and, and Dominic again, just <laughs> just being 
just being like the locked up prisoner, right? That right. he is. He's like, I know a thing or two about being locked up. He's like, priests will run through the chamber like I ran, just like I ran my block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh. Guys, I listen. I said this on Friday, and I mentioned this in both of our our um our, our top five lists. Like Dominic, man, he's he's starting to get it. Mm-hmm. And this character that he's got going with right now, like again, no, no doubt there, there's still like, he still needs to, his delivery and his bullet points need to be improved. There's no doubt. Yeah. But there is, but he is slowly becoming a big positive and a big investment with this company right now. Yeah. It just is yep. him and, and Rhea. And even the whole judgment day for that matter just <clears throat> seems to start is starting to click um and it's just it's it's awesome to see because i've yeah. been so hard on dominic like like what are we doing with dominic is he just gonna be attached to his father like he doesn't seem to he's just he could just wrestle he can't really do anything else well now you give him a character i'm like okay let's see if he sinks or swims and mm-hmm. first of all he kind of he started off shaky but now he's starting to now i think he's starting to slowly get it and i think he's gonna i think he's only gonna do nothing brian but improve um yeah. if he keeps this up so um, but as we go into our first match, we'll, we'll talk more as, as we get into this first match here. First match was street profits versus, uh, the judgment day match time was seven and a half minutes. We want mommy chance. The, the first <laughs> two seconds of this, uh, of this match, you know, the crowd didn't, uh, didn't hesitate to ask for Rhea Ripley, which again, I, and this, and, but here's the thing. I don't know if I should speak on this now. I'm going to get more into this. Cause I, you can tell Brian that the crowd is starting to get behind Rhea a lot more. Yeah. Now she has this match with Charlotte. Charlotte and her her disconnection disconnection with the crowd and how she can't yep. naturally get over the crowd, like I mentioned in previous episodes. Telling you it's gonna tarnish her character, and I don't like it. But anyway, we'll get back to that later on when, when we get later or we follow along in the show here. Um, so yeah, so in this match again, a decent tag match. I mean, it mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. We kind of knew what was expected. In this tag match, um, especially we talked about the Street Profits and you know where right. they're at right now, pretty much as a tag team. Um, Dominic gets involved in this match. Finn Balor takes advantage and wins via the Coupe de Gras onto Dawkins. So Dawkins takes the pin. Not shocked because you know Montez he's in this chamber match, so obviously right. they're not going to try to have him take the pinfall. So you know Dawkins is going to be the one to take pretty much the L here. Uh, but it was post match that at least got some fireworks. And again, the match was the match. But post match, um, you know, they're beating the the shit out of uh, Montez and and the and Dawkins and the Street Profits while Edge and Beth Phoenix uh, hit the ring. Massive pop, just mm-hmm. right from the massive pop. And this is what I mean about Edge and Beth just bringing a new life and a new energy to the show. That's just so needed. Just yeah, so good sure. to see them. Beth is still she she still looks like she's in her prime and she can beat motherfuckers up. Yep. In the blink of an eye, just again, just I love those two as as a tandem. It's really cool to say. Um, so yeah, so they so they run down to the ring, they clear the ring, um, and Beth and Dominic go at it again. Beth clotheslines Dominic, and she's about to hit Dominic with that glam slam like she did last week, but Rhea Ripley comes in and attacks Beth from behind and hits Beth Phoenix with the Riptide, and the Judgment Day escapes up the rampway and stands tall. And that is uh, that is your segment. Now, before they also mentioned like Rhea Ripley is still not is still not here. She's still promoting WrestleMania and doing whatever, yeah. like whatever right you know 
you know, ways they want to write her off television or whatever. Um, and yeah, they have her and they have her surprisingly attack, uh, Beth Phoenix. Um, so I had, there's, there's a few things I want to say about this segment, but Brian, I'm going to start with you, man, your, your thoughts on the, the judgment day right now. And, and this match, um, the first match of the night floor is yours. Yeah, I'm liking the Judgment Day, and and like you said, I mean the match was okay. You knew what it, you you knew Judgment Day was going to win, and and of course uh, Montez Ford can't take the the pin there. Um, I will say, you know, even with Angelo Dawkins, uh, you know, in the past month or two, um, I think he's improved in ring, um, which is good to see. Now, if that leads to anything, I, right now I don't really expect it to, but. Um, I think them as a tag team, their days are numbered. Um, yeah, you know, it was good to see Edge and Beth come back out there. And then, of course, we didn't think Rhea was there, but she made the surprise uh, save for Dom. And, uh, yeah, Dom, again, as I've mentioned as well, he's growing on me. And he's going to be one of those guys, like, I, I, he can't be more than, like, what, 21, 23, somewhere in there? I think he's 23. Three. I don't think he's that young, yeah. like twenty one. I think he's like twenty three or something like that. Twenty four, maybe. So gotcha. somewhere, somewhere around there. I think, you know, like you said, I mean, he's still got work to do, no doubt. And I don't, I, you know, I think there he's still going to go through ups and downs. And I, you know, I don't really think he's really going to hit his stride for another, you know, five years or so. To be honest, because um, there, there's there's still a lot of work to do, but you can see it, right? You can see that he's, he is, it's starting to click for him. He's starting to get it. Um, so again, I mean, I don't think he's going to be booked like some, you know, juggernaut like Brock Lesnar coming out when he made his debut and just be pushed to the top. He's going to have to go through a lot of growing pains, but by the way, Dominic uh, is 20, he's 25. He oh actually, really? 25. He turns, okay. He turns 26 in April. So he's pretty much my age. He's actually older than me, a few months older than me. So yeah. Gotcha. Well, and if you look back at, you know, wrestlers historically, um, you know, that they really don't hit their peak until, you know, roughly 30-ish, right? You, you got to get some seasoning in the business and learn. You got to learn the business. And Unless you're just that of, good, like an MJF or a freaking, you know what I mean? Like right. You're just that talented, like you get it. But yeah, of course, like if you're, if you're still trying to learn the business and like you're right. 20 some odd years old and it's, it doesn't click for you right away, then yeah, it definitely takes time for sure. So, but yeah, I expect him, you know, he, he'll, he'll be, uh, you know, a, a big part of WWE in the future. I, I can definitely see that, um, you know, as long as he keeps on the trajectory he's going. Um, so yeah, all in all, I mean, I, I like the match. I like the, you know, Edge and Beth coming out and then Rhea with the save, um, you know, just building up towards eliminate elimination chamber. Uh, I like where this is going. And yeah, speaking of, of Rhea, you know, real quick. Um, yeah, man. I mean, she she is the most over female in WWE right now, hands down. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I firmly believe she's going to beat Charlotte um, at Mania. And so I, yeah, I don't know That's where the you only go good from thing there. about it, honestly, that she's most likely going to beat Charlotte at mania. That's really right. the only positive <laughs> thing I could take from it. So with that and, and how over she is, like, I don't know. I don't know if that leads to a split from judgment day with her, or you just turn, you know, all of judgment day turns face, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but 
I can definitely see where you're you're going, where like, you know, you put Charlotte and Rhea in here. The crowd's gonna be firmly behind Rhea, no doubt. Yeah. And um before we get into this next uh segment, um look, there's no doubt, definitely a decent segment. Um, definitely nothing yeah. definitely nothing bad about this at all. Um here's the problem I have with Brian. I was expecting more. Like, you know what I mean? Like this seemed just very simplistic. Now mm -hmm. I know sometimes simplistic can be can be good, but like guys, we're we're like what five days away, four days away from from elimination chamber. Like I mean, to, I mean what? There was just a post-match beatdown, Edge and Beth come out, Judgment Day just gets the upper hand and they just walk out. And then that was like an edge is just like angrily staring at the the judgment day while the last few weeks they're just he's like chasing after these motherfuckers like with the right. chicken with his head cut off and all of a sudden he's just standing there in the ring like oh you got us <laughs> like yeah. you gotta give me more right you got to give me more than that way especially on a go-home show you've got to give me more i'm not saying guys that this was bad but there needs to be more this was very to me like just underwhelming it's mm -hmm. just like oh okay decent segment but i'm like this didn't give me any more excitement about the mixed tag match. First of all, I just want to see Beth and Rhea Ripley go at it. I don't even need the mixed tag. Just give yeah, me those two and sure. I will be highly, mm -hmm. highly entertained, entertained. So yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know why we need a mixed tag to get to this point, but I, I don't know. It's just I get me, it with Edge's history with the you know, just, I mean yeah, he like, created the judgment day. Beth. Like you have Edge, Edge is finally back. You've got Beth by your side. Like, you know, you gotta give me more than just a them coming out for a save and them just getting beat down and then all oh, the heels just walk off. Like you gotta give me you gotta give me more on a go home show. You just gotta give you. me more. Yeah. It's just this first hour at this point, Brian, has just been very very odd and just very underwhelming. Um, and again, you know, I talk, you know, people, you know, I, I speak down about AEW in the past few weeks because it's rightfully deserved. Well, you know, if you're going to put out product like this, I'm going to do the same thing for WWE. So again, guys, I'm fair when it comes to both companies. I just want to also make that clear as well. But anyway, let's get into this next segment as we go along in this first hour. Up next is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar hits the ring. This is their contract signing or his contract signing with Bobby Lashley. Um, Lesnar, he's already throwing his chair out of the ring. Like, you know how Lesnar is. He's just <laughs> freaking chaotic. You don't know what yeah. the fuck this guy is going to do at all. This guy is just, he's in the moment all the time. Uh, that, again, that's probably why we love Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, he's calling out Lashley. Uh, Adam Pierce is also out there as well. Lashley hits the ring, but security come out. And they bring out his own table and his own chair at the top of the stage. Um, again, wasn't this dude a freaking face two weeks ago? And now oh, yeah. all of a sudden, now because it's Brock and people love Brock, mm -hmm. we're just going to miraculously turn this dude heel in the snap of a finger. So again, this is to me, Brian, not this, this company not caring about what Bobby Lashley or just not caring about his booking at all. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just like the fans, like, and they just quickly turn on this motherfucker. Like, like even like yesterday, like they kept like the, the crowd chanted 
because like, you know, obviously at this point you can tell Blashley's just playing a heel just mm-hmm. out of the freaking nowhere. Right. It's just like, wait, he's a heel now. I thought he was a freaking face like literally two weeks ago. So he's literally out there. He's like, listen, you know, I, I he's like, I went through your contract. My manager went through your contract. My agents went through your contract. And you know what? I'm just, I don't know if I want to sign this contract. I really don't. And he's like, listen, you know, if he's, and he says that, you know, he calls out Bobby Lashley that he's scared. And then all of a sudden the crowd's chanting, Bobby's scared. Bobby's scared. It's like, dude, it's just like, and this was not a booking decision, guys. That's what I mean. The fans just instantly just turned on Lashley in, in the, in the snap of a finger on the drop yeah. of a dime. It, this was not a creative decision. Like, oh, James, this was planned to have Lashley. No, no the fuck was not. It was not. It was right. just not. Like Bobby Lashley, he was forced to be a heel. So now it doesn't feel, he, there's no connection with Bobby Lashley. We don't know what right. he is. He's pretty much now that in-betweener like we talk about with Seth Rollins. It's just fucking weird. Yeah. So weird. Uh, this is what I mean about just get this match done and out the way. I don't need to see this anymore. Like, honest to God. But anyway, he says he's going to wh- – he says, listen, if you don't sign this contract, I'm going to whoop your ass. And Lashley's like, oh, you don't have the balls to. And Lesnar's like, okay, bet. Takes the contract. He's storming up the rampway. He's taking out security. And Lashley just bulldozes him, like just freaking takes his freaking lights out and hits him with a devastating spear. And I give La- a Lesnar credit, man. Like he he took the spear like a freaking champion. He sold mm-hmm. the hell out of the spear. Like, that's what I also like to, to about Lesnar. He's like, listen, like, if you're going to hit me with a move, like, give me everything you got, and I will sell sure. the shit out of it. Um, So big props to Brock, in, in, at least in that aspect of this segment. Yeah, and then Lashley just signs the contract. He stands tall. He's gloating. I guess now he's this freaking heel. And, and, and that's it. So, again, guys, I don't understand what's making me invested. I don't know what, what Bobby Lashley is. There's no connection with Bobby Lashley. The crowd just turns on him because the crowd wanted one more at five onto Lashley when this guy is supposed to be a babyface. I spoke about that last week, how it just pretty much tarnished the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. And now Bobby Lashley has no choice but to be a heel. So nothing feels authentic at all. Yeah. So like, and again, what else are we going to see from these two that we haven't already seen before in the past? You're going to see a bunch of F5s suplex city bitches spears a barricade spot like what else guys like what else is there gonna be brian your thoughts with this segment uh yeah the segment i mean i think it was just one of those you know filler segments even with two top stars like that um you know i think the the whole contract signing thing is is getting to bit getting to be overplayed um you know I, i did so has because Lashley had mentioned, you know, he I think Lashley has beat him, beat Lesnar twice and eliminated him from the Royal Rumble. Has Lesnar ever beat Lashley one on one? Well, yeah, he ha- well, he did at, at the crown jewel pay-per-view. He rolled crown him jewel. up. Remember? Yeah, yeah, he that's right. Rolled okay. him up and he's like, well, he's like the second match. I beat you with the inch of your life. Right. But let's right. not forget. But they want to, you know, they want to make you forget that this motherfucker got rolled up. <laughs> it's yeah. just. And it's just, oh, oh, but I beat you with the inch of your life because after the match, he was he was stumbling. He was like almost unconscious. So they're trying to yeah. sell us that like we're idiots. Um, so, yeah, so pretty much they're they're technically split one gotcha. and one. And I guess they want to add the fact that La- that Lashley eliminated him in the rumbles, mm-hmm. I guess, to add to whatever the 
the hell this is yeah so yeah that that's pretty much what's what's going on here so i mean yeah like you said it's just gonna be uh you know a match with a bunch of power moves um because yeah of course that's what both guys do um and yeah like i said i think i mentioned last week you know since brock has come back with this kind of like uh you know kind of cowboy no i wouldn't say cowboy but I, i don't know what it is but he's been a face that the crowd's been behind him as a face um so i think he's going to win an elimination chamber and then hopefully after that uh, you you have these guys go their separate ways because yeah we don't need to keep seeing lashley and lesnar um it's been done we've seen it we know what the match is going to be yeah I, i think this was just a filler segment to to I don't know. I mean, I don't think it got it didn't get anybody over. It didn't bury anybody. It just it was what it was. And, you know, yeah. And and like and here's the thing. I and I remember when Bobby Lashley came back to WWE, how excited everybody was. You heard mm-hmm. the pop you heard. I still remember it to this day, honestly, because he's Bobby freaking Lashley. And now he couldn't be any more than an afterthought mm-hmm. because he's playing a face. He's playing a face one week. He's playing a heel the next week. Then he's going to be back to a face and he's going to be back to a heel that he's going to play both the same night. It's like the big <laughs> show all over again. The one, oh like, my I gosh. think he's, yeah. I think he's, he's in that territory, Brian, where he's going to be, he's going to hit the record for most face and heel turns. Just in like the history Charlotte, of professional right? wrestling. Yep. It's Charlotte Flair, because you know why they do that guys? Because there's no connection. So let's yep. try to turn him heel. Let's try to turn them face. Let's see if it does anything. They yeah. did that with Charlotte Flair for seven plus freaking years. They did it with the big show because, I mean, guys, as soon as I heard the name, honestly, n- now thinking about it, looking back at it, hearing the name, the big show, and you hear that music, well, it's the big <laughs> show. Like, oh, like, who takes that seriously? <laughs> Honest to God. Like, uh, it's just, you know, uh, it's like yeah. Lashley should be your top guy in this company and should feel larger than life and he's just another just another wrestler yeah just another wrestler on on your active roster and that's a problem it's a yep. major problem moving on man next match this was piper niven versus mia yim match time was under three minutes crowd was dead silent in brooklyn i mean guys mm-hmm. you can literally hear a pin drop in yeah. this freaking arena. That's how quiet it was. That's how nobody gave a shit about this freaking match. Piper Niven wins via, I guess, a spinning power slam. And yeah, Mia Yim just, I, I, guys, I feel so bad for Mia Yim. I, I really do. I, I mean, they yep. are doing everything under the sun to just ruin her. And, and listen, I understand if you're not a fan of Mia Yim, I completely understand. Because trust me, they're not giving you a reason to right now because mm-hmm. she's not doing anything. If she is doing something, She's not doing something with the OC and AJ Styles. She's just losing in under two to three minutes. It's yeah. just, a, it's a fucking joke. Like, what are we doing? Why are you throwing in your talent to take a, a simplistic L in under three minutes? You could have just had the, some local jobber in the freaking, in, in the, in, in the area, of, in the city of Brooklyn for like, bro, take the Brooklyn, ba- the Brooklyn brawler out of retirement <laughs> or something. Just for because it's Brooklyn and have Piper Niven just beat the shit out of her. That would have been more entertaining, dude. I'm serious. Then yeah. have Mia Yim go out there and take another simplistic L. For what reason? What what reason? Like I can't 
stand that. It makes yep. me freaking nuts that your your own talent is losing in under two to three minutes. That's jobber status. Yeah. That's complete clown clown shit. It just frustrates the hell out of me, man. It's just really I understand you want to build up Piper Niven. I get mm. it. I understand that, but not at the expense of Mia Yim. Can you do us all a favor? If you don't have anything for Mia Yim, don't freaking use her on the show. It's that simple. And if sure. you don't have anything for her, find something for her. And that's it. Yeah. Brian, go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this other than, you know, I've spoken about it in the past before. I do like Mia Yim and I want to see her book better. But I mean, she's just getting buried right now. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> I don't know where she goes from here. You know, the, there's there's nothing for her right now. Um, oof. I mean, I don't know if once AJ's healed up, if they get the OC back together and 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 Mia Yim is with them. Uh, yeah, uh, just like you said, it was crickets. Uh, not invested in it. I hate to see Mia Yim just and lose week why. after week after week and and just have nothing there there's there's nothing positive going on with Mia Yim right now and I really like her you know as a as a, I was really starting to get on board with her and there wasn't much you know she, I mean she wasn't with the OC long before AJ got hurt so I mean but I liked her pairing there with the OC and I was excited to see where that could go um especially you know with you know like a feuding with the judgment day or something like that but they you know just didn't work out that way so i don't know where they go it's a shame man and this is why nobody honestly really cares about your women's division because mm -hmm. of shit like this yeah you know, that's why you have to rely on charlotte flair and freaking becky and bailey all the time to be in a title picture scene because you're not giving a shit about anybody else and this yeah. is just the proof is in the pudding in this mm -hmm. match so our number two we go into a backstage interview with Baron Corbin. However, that, that interview was shortly was short-lived, I should say. Very short-lived. Right. When the camera cuts immediately to the ring, and it's Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, he's pretty, I guess you can say, I don't know if you want to say it's like a hostage or something, but he's in the ring, gets a huge pop. Freaking love the momentum that Sami Zayn is rocking with right now. Again, he's rocking with the hood. He bring he mm -hmm. comes into the the arenas now with the hood and he takes off the hood and he reveals the the freaking awesome t-shirt that he's freaking got going on now. Um and he and he states, he gets on the microphone and he states, uh, it's like, look, I'm not trying to hold the show up, but there's somebody that I need to say, and there's someone that I need to say it to. And he calls out Cody Rhodes. Uh, that shocked Cody me. I, I didn't see that coming. Cody Rhodes music hits. Um, and then the first thing I, this, I guess this is becoming his catchphrase now. It's like, so what do you want to talk about? Sammy? <laughs> you know, it's like he did that in AEW and it's become a, yeah. now I actually kind of like it. It's got, yeah. it, it, it kind of flows really well. I like it a lot. Um, you know, and Zane talks this potential match with Cody, um, at mania. So now they're kind of hinting like, oh, it could be Sammy and Cody at mania. You know, if, if Sammy Zane can somehow, defeat Roman Reigns at the elimination chamber. Um, but he, he, he goes to Cody and he says, you know, I want, I want to know if you meant what you said last week when he said, uh, I think it was along the lines about like, Hey, Sami Zayn, um, 
or talking about a potential match between Zane because you know we we I want to you know or I forgot what it was along the line just speaking hypothetically here about, hinting that he could be he could beat Roman at elimination yeah, chamber like, we and could then, definitely yeah. see you know Sammy versus uh versus Cody like I believe we will probably see Cody versus Sammy at Mania or something mm-hmm. along those lines right right um and he's like listen I want you he's like I want you to tell me if if you really meant that like did you really mean what you said and Cody's like um. He's like, Cody's like, listen, I, I, he's like, he says he meant it and he, he believes it. Um, and immediately this crowd chanting is chanting. This is awesome. And this is mm-hmm. what I mean, guys, about your crowd does not need to see a match after match after match. Yep. Get a freaking get a storyline or something going on and get people freaking invested. And it's, and it's segments like this. And I have more to talk about the segment on, as a whole, but I'll get to that once we get to the end of this segment here. Um. So yeah, Sammy Zayn. He's like, he's, he, he's like, you know, cause he's conflicted, you know, he, he, he knows he's worthy of being in this situation, but he, he doesn't, con- he can't confidently say that he's going to beat Roman, mm-hmm. you know, but even though Cody, you know, he means it, he believes it, but Sami Zayn's like, listen, you know, do I believe, I believe, uh, do I believe I'm, I'm deserving in this spot and in this match? Yes. But do I truly believe in my heart? that I'm going to beat Roman and win the undisputed universal championship. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that's, and and that's the whole kind of the back and forth, you know, Sammy and Cody, they're just going back and forth at it. Um, you know, and he states like, you know, you haven't seen what I've seen. Like I've been with the bloodline. I, you know, I see what they do, you know, behind the scenes and this mm-hmm. and this and that. Right. You know, his days as, of course, as the honorary use, he's like, listen, they always find a way. He's like, you know, I'm, I just I just want to warn you, Cody, like, you know, don't think that this is just this is just something that, you know, you're going to come in and finish this story like it's it's going to meant to be like, no, like, dude, Roman says everything that Roman says that he is like he is that guy, you mm-hmm. know, and pretty much I guess you could say it's kind of like a little bit of a warning to Cody, like this is not going to be easy as you think, um, you know. And like the look on Cody's face is weird. He's like, he's like, so he's like, listen, he's like, you don't know, like, you don't know if you're going to be Roman. Like clearly these people freaking know. And then the crowd erupts, like they know right. that you're going to beat him. He's like, listen, you know, um, you know, and like they keep going back and forth. It was, you know, Sami Zayn gets amplified in front of Cody. He's like, listen, he's a, he's like, but I have to believe that, you know, it's like, even though. I still don't know if I'm going to beat Roman, but I have to believe that I have to, in order to, to, to finish this story that I have with Roman. And then Cody Rhodes, you know, he gets on the mic and he goes on to say, you know, you know, Michael Cole made a, made a, uh, made a comment about, you know, Cody Rhodes, finish the story, finish the story. He's like, well, you Sami Zayn, it's your time to finish the story. Mm-hmm. That, in, AKA with Roman Reigns. And he finishes off with saying, you know, he's like, listen, I don't want to see you next Monday. He's like, I'd rather see you in the main event of WrestleMania and the whole freaking pointing to the sign thing. And yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it. Cody Rhodes walks off. Sami Zayn is kind of walking back through the crowd. He's very conflicted. He's like, he's like trying to get his, his thoughts and his, and his, uh, you know, everything together. And that was pretty much, pretty much it before we get into this, uh, a little impromptu match. I'll go into more of that once we get to it. But Brian, your thoughts with this entire segment, man, the floor is yours. 
Man, I thought it was awesome. Uh, like I said, I when when Sammy hit the ring, um, you know, I thought maybe he'd call out Jay or Paul. Like I did not see him calling out Cody. That just and and it was great, you know. And man, I tell you, like going back to last week when uh, Cody had the the in ring promo with Paul, you know, I, I thought, you know, like man, like can you can you top that, you know? If this if this interaction between Sammy and Cody didn't top it, it it came pretty damn close. I mean, it was it, it was awesome. It really was. Um, and yeah, I, I I see you know Cody or I'm sorry, Sammy is you know I I was reading between the lines there, and you know why he's saying like yes, I I know I can and I know I'm worthy, but he's also saying like look, I know I'm going into elimination chamber. And at the end of the day, it's not just going to be Roman. He's going to have to contend with probably Solo and maybe Jimmy. And Jay, like, I don't see Jay attacking Sam. Again, it's just going to be a continuation of that storyline. But I don't think this is going to be just a one-on-one match with no outside interference. Like, somebody's getting involved. And I I think that's kind of what he was hinting at. Like, I know I can, but there there's more to it you know I, I'm, I'm not just fighting roman here um so i thought that was good and then yeah at that point where you know cody turns to him and says you know i know i'm going to finish my story and you need to finish yours i can't you know we've talked about this before like and i'm i'm still of the belief that given how long this title reign's been Roman has to go under Mania as the champion. But man, after this promo, shit, do they pull the trigger and Sammy goes over at Elimination Chamber? Man, I don't know. But I'm excited as shit to see, you know. Um, and I, I again, I, I think ideally for me, the, the, the perfect scenario set up to me is still having Roman fight both nights at Mania one night against Cody, one night against Sammy. Um, that's how I'd like to see it. But now, you know, you're, they're starting to talk about, well, is it going to be Cody and Sammy at, at Mania? Um, would that still be great and good? Yes. But I don't... I'm so conflicted with this, really. I really, really am. Um because man, I, I want Sammy to win so bad at Elimination Chamber. But then again, and we've talked about too, like initially, and there was really no there was really no clear direction. It kind of just, you know, we all assumed and and initially we thought like, you know, Roman has two championships, he's gonna fight two people. And now the past couple weeks, it's it's kind of moved more to the direction like it's going to be one per, you know, one person taking both titles, which That's again, it's looking like, yeah, right. Uh, and you know, I don't know. Again, I, I don't think that would be bad. I just think that all this time invested and how well the story has been told. There's a chance that they could split the titles after Mania. Right, right. I think that that's mainly what they're going to do, especially with Roman being dethroned. And then I think that's probably because they're already doing it with the tag titles. It wouldn't make Mm -hmm. any sense to not do it with the world championships. I don't know. That's just, I'm not saying it's, it's going to happen, but it, it, 
to me, like that's something that they'll probably end up doing. Yeah, um, definitely. The the titles are going to be split, no doubt. Um, again, I just think, just in my personal opinion, I I would rather see it. You know, Roman still having two titles going into Mania and then losing. You know, on each night. But then to do that, that means Sammy is going to lose at the Elimination Chamber. And man, just with this promo again, like I didn't see, I didn't see it coming with you know Cody and Sammy right now, and just the way they were talking, and, and I don't know, man. Sammy might, it, it might happen, I, I, you know. And I, I just think that, well, it's I, I don't know, man. It would, it would be so good for Sammy, you know, to win at Elimination Chamber and have those two titles. But at the same time, I think it does a disservice to Roman to lose that, you know, both titles at Elimination Chamber, you know. So there's still a lot of avenues to explore here. And again, you still have Jimmy or Jey Uso, you know, in the in the picture here. And I I, I love it. You know, I'm so full of questions and anticipation but I love it, man. It's uh, this was definitely the highlight of the night. And again, you know, going back to Heyman's promo with Cody last week, you know, you thought like, man, that was just such a good promo and interaction. And this here with Sammy and Cody was just as good, man. So uh, props to props to both of them, man. I love both of their stories and and where they're headed. And and we'll see come elimination chamber, man. We'll we'll see how it goes down. But yeah, it was it was really really good. Yeah, and to also, um, I forgot to add in some quotes here into this segment. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes was, you know, he he kept going on after Sami Zayn. You know, he's conflicted. He doesn't know if he's going to definitively beat Roman at the Chamber. And he's like, look, he's like the possibility of Roman losing his championships is because of you. You know, there's this yeah. whole, this whole vibe in the wrestling world that Roman could possibly lose the titles and Sammy that's because of you. So he's trying mm-hmm. to amp up Sammy Zayn here. He's like, listen, it doesn't matter what I believe it matters. What Sammy Zayn believes. Right. You know? And he's looking like, mm-hmm. and that's when he mentions Michael Cole and his quote about him finishing the story. And well, Sammy Zayn, mm-hmm. it's your turn to now finish the story. Um, So yeah, man, no, no doubt. This was a decent segment. And to answer your question, Brian, about, this whole thing with, oh, could the wrestling world's now, oh, like, could they do Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn? Here, that could probably be the worst thing that the WWE could probably do. I can definitely what's, see, right. what's the grudge now? The grudge, right. the story is with Roman. If mm-hmm. you just cut, cut Roman to the curb and have him lose the title to Sami, then what's the grudge here? The mm-hmm. grudge in the stories with Roman, the story should be separate. I hope to God, Brian, because this is something that WWE could do. I could seriously see them doing this. I mentioned this. Um, I believe, uh, was it? Yeah. On the Friday night SmackDown, um, review from this past Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, going over the, the top five list is that I hope that they don't turn this into a triple threat match. Oh, God. I yeah, no, no, fucking no, no. God, that yep. does not happen. They did it with edge when edge won the rumble. Yep. Clear as day, it should have been Edge and Roman at the Rumble. Yeah. For some odd reason, they throw fucking Daniel Bryan in there, or Bryan Danielson now, as he's known for now, and he just felt so out of place. And it's like, mm-hmm. why was this? Why? 
And it's yeah. just, and then they had to do the match again because they knew they effed up at a freaking <laughs> money in the bank pay-per-view. Um, yeah. They did the same thing with Ronda, Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. I mean, mm-hmm. clear, those two were at the top of the freaking industry. Becky Lynch as them. And when the man was actually freaking was legit naturally over. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey, when she first stepped onto the scene and then for some reason, you got to add Charlotte Flair into the mix. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, why? It's just like she's just thrown into the situation. And I hope the fact that they listen, I love Sami Zayn. I really do. And I am so happy for him right now with all everything that he's he's been getting. I've stated that for weeks now. He should not be winning this title. I'm sorry. He can't. Um, listen, if you want to have the rematch at night one, like we always talk about mm-hmm. the last several weeks, we spoke heavily about this for weeks and months now. Night one, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Night two, Roman versus Cody Rhodes. Yep. That's it. If yeah. you don't want to do that, that it's just Roman and Cody, which is, it sucks because again, I don't want to see Sami Zayn's momentum diminished like this, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe could there be a way that you could still gain Sami Zayn's momentum, even if he doesn't win that title? Yes, it's possible. Right. But again, it's just, it's a two night event guys. Night one, Sami Zayn. Night two is Cody Rhodes. Yeah. The love of God, WWE do not. And I mean, do not make this into a triple threat. Dude, if they make it a triple Pray threat, to God, please don't. That because would shit all over everything they've done for the last two years. That, it's yeah, like the that'd cherry be on top. It just gets freaking demolished at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yep. As far as this segment goes, because I do want to get the ball rolling here. Um, yes, the segment was good. Was it better than Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes? I can't say it was. I, I can't say that because here's the thing. It's Sami Zayn goes out there and he holds, he's pretty much, he pretty much, they make this dramatic type of scene where, oh my God, he's Sami Zayn, he's on Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. And all he's there to do is just to ask Cody, it's like, did you really mean what you said to me last week? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds silly when you really think about it, right? Like you came all the way to Monday Night Raw, pretty much holding the show hostage. Just to call out Cody Rhodes to see, you know, I heard what you said last week. Did you really mean that, Cody? Like, he's like a little kid. Did you really mean what you said? And Cody Rhodes is looking. I'm like, what? Like, that's what you came here for? That's what you called me out here for? Like, what yeah. the fuck you t- <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, his, it's like the facial expressions with Cody. It's like, even when he said, like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to take the title. It's like, dude, you don't know? Like, so first of all, you're, you're calling me out because you want to know if I meant what I said last week. And two... You don't know if you're going to beat Roman. To me, it was just a very weird situation. Now, listen, did they did they make it work? Yes. Was it decent? Right. Yes. But whoever wrote this shit, it would just came really odd to me. And uh, I, had, I don't know if I you've got that, that same, same feeling, Brian. It, it, now that you're thinking about it now, it's just weird. And now uh, the yeah. notion that let's get Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. Guys, what the fuck does that do? Like, seriously, like, what does that do? Oh, we're gonna, it's gonna be a great match. Like, we go, like, all the AEW schmucks talk about a great wrestling match. Oh, great. Like, fantastic. That, like, that's exactly what we need to see. I love Cody Rhodes, guys. I love Sami Zayn. Please, like, can we stop talking about it? Because it doesn't need to be in the freaking conversation. Because right. it's clear as day, Roman is going into Mania. 
as champion. That is not personally what I prefer. That is business-wise what's best for the business, what needs to fucking happen. Mm -hmm. That's it. And period, point blank. Let's move yeah. on to the show. Um, unless, Brian, you have some final Just thoughts. Just real quick. I mean, that, I, I kind of had that even watching it. Like, I, I didn't like the fact that he was coming out there kind of seeking Cody's it's like validation. approval. Validation. Right, some, right. It's like, dude, can you, like, look for any more validation than that? Let's, like, dude, like, it's just coming off weird. Like, dude, if you're supposed to be this top baby face, like, mm -hmm. and trying to be a serious competitor for the title, and you're asking for approval. And Roman Reigns was funny. It's like. He was on a, he's on TikTok after like the show went off the air and he's like, Oh really? You guys have to have a freaking pep rally with one another to <laughs> encourage yourselves to beat me. Then you guys have no freaking chance. <laughs> I love the response. If you haven't seen it, guys go on Twitter. Or if you guys have TikTok, go on TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's on there now. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, how are you supposed to be this top baby face and say like, did you really mean what you said about me last week? Or do you really think I could beat Roman? The fuck? It it's uh, it's I think you know they're they're trying to to or at least in that point and and throughout you know hit like you know uh, Sammy getting beat down by the bloodline you know build up that like uh, that sympathy soft spot for Sammy Sammy but which you know I, I see why they're doing it but yeah like you said if if he's gonna be your top baby face or whatever like. You need to go out there like you need to know you're going to beat him. You need to know you're going to deliver, right? Especially when he said that on SmackDown. He's like, listen, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to beat Roman. And now all of a sudden it's like you don't know. Right. It's just it's weird. Yeah. It's very, very odd. But we'll just to just to close it up real quick. Like, yeah, if it's if if the main event at Mania is somehow Cody and Sammy, then WWE has just fucked up the storyline like beyond repair because yeah like you said and I, I hadn't even really thought about it but again they're both going to be the top baby faces and there is no grudge there you know the grudge is roman reigns so yeah if it, that just god that can't happen it can't, it can't happen well, and listen if you want to have the rematch with sammy that's fine do it at night right. one night right two is with cody yeah and guys, it's simple as that. That's all it is. Yeah. All right, guys. Next segment was uh, Baron Corbin. You know, they're resuming his interview. He's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. back to Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin's just like, he's just disgusted at this point. He's like, listen, I'm tired of being disrespected. He calls out uh, Cody Rhodes. He's, you know, he Cody Rhodes is walking back. Uh, you know, he's walking up the ramp. Obviously, this was right after that whole yeah. deal with Sami Zayn. Uh, he walks in behind him and he's calling him out. He's talking, he's, he's making talks crap about his brother, his father, and even his dog. And then as soon as he mentioned <laughs> his dog, Cody Rhodes, like, how dare you disrespect my dog? And he just freaking, just freaking attacks this dude from behind and they brawl. Um, they, he grabs a referee and this ended up being like an impromptu match. They continue to brawl backstage. They lead into the ring and yeah, the bell rings and we get an impromptu match with Cody and Baron. Um, you know, Cody's ripping the suit off. Cody's in great shape, by the way. This oh, yeah, freaking condition. For sure. Um, I, you know, it's freaking awesome to see. Same with MJF over at AEW. Can tell this dude is taking this this world championship role seriously. Mm. It's same with Cody Rhodes. I just love to see it. Like you yep. know, um, but yeah, they continue to brawl on the outside, and then Cody wins via a Cody cutter, and then a crossroads. 
And I believe this impromptu match was about five minutes, I want to say. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much pretty much it. I, I don't know where WWE goes with Baron Corbin. We we said about this last week about like they mm-hmm. pretty much buried this motherfucker on live television. JBL calling this dude a turd and people <laughs> freaking every time they see him, they just change the channel. It's like, dude, how how can you how can you adjust and, and go and, and just go about business after that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, we talked about Cody. There's enough enough said about Cody Rhodes. But with Baron Corbin, I, I don't know what I don't know what they do with Baron Corbin. It's just a shame. It's just like there's not everything that WWE has tried to do. Nothing is working. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just I just don't know, man. Uh, Brian, before we get into this six women tag, because that is the next match on into the show. Uh, your thoughts with this whole impromptu match? Yeah, I thought it was kind of kind of weird. Uh, you know, it just you have Cody Rhodes on the one side who obviously you're building as like the top baby face, uh, you know, just to go out there and, and, and basically bury Corbin, you know, I don't know. I just didn't think it was necessary. It just seemed out of place. Like, why is this happening? Why is this a match now all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't know. And I don't know where you go with Corbin here, but I don't really have much thoughts about it other than it just kind of seemed odd to me and out of place and unnecessary to, you know, to have Co- or Corbin start talking about, you know, the Rhodes family and then, you know, uh, Cody attacks him backstage and it goes into a match. It was just not needed. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was for or what it was meant to accomplish. Like, I don't know if Cody or uh, Corbin's going to be written off TV here for a while or, or what, but yeah, it was nothing there. Yeah. Pretty much just to kind of just hype up Cody Rhodes and continue yeah. his journey into mania and all that stuff. Pretty right. Much what this was, but all right, guys, next match was a six woman tag match. This was involving all the women that are going to be in the raw, uh, raw women's championship elimination chamber match. This was Oscar. Carmella and Nikki Cross versus Liv Morgan, Raquel, and Natalia. They were pretty much doing like, oh, Raw versus SmackDown. Like it's Survivor Series. Like it's November <laughs> all of a sudden again. Right. Um, it's like, you know, can they, you know, can they coexist? You know, like, can they coexist in this day? No, we always, we always hear, you know, like, we always of make course not. That They're about to go into the elimination chamber. Like, can they coexist before they go into the chamber? It's like, what the, f- anyway, <laughs> um, Oscar was freaking, I love freaking Oscar. And they said in, in, in this, in this match, she just attacks. She just says, fuck it. I'm just at that. I'm, I'm not only am I going to win this match, but I'm just, I, I'm just going to attack my own freaking teammates. And that's what she does. She yeah. literally just obliterates Carmella and Nikki cross. I freaking love this actually. Um, and she wins via submission. Over Liv Morgan, uh, Liv Morgan taps out via looked like an armbar submission. This mm-hmm. match time was about seven minutes. Um, look, the the six man tag. What, what again? It's a six man schmaz, guys. Do do I really need to emphasize about what this is doing for the elimination chamber match as a whole? But for Oscar, I freaking love what they're doing with Oscar. Mm-hmm. I, I really really like this a lot. Like she said, like dude, it's like it's like. It's like realistically, it's like I'm about to face you guys in five days. Like I have no, there's no loyalty with you, like with you guys. Yeah, like, what the fuck right. are we doing? I'm just gonna drop you and win the fucking match. <laughs> and I freaking love it, man. Asuka, ever since she's come back, she has felt, she's actually felt somewhat relevant, somewhat yeah. special. And mm-hmm. and like here's like couldn't they have done this? Like oh, I don't know. 
five to six years ago <laughs> when she came right. to the main roster? Like, a, like a, my God. And before I send this off to you, Brian, because there wasn't as much to say other than this whole spiel with Asuka. Guys, the fact that they've already botched Bianca and Rhea, if you're going to have a challenger for Bianca, it needs to be Asuka. It's mm-hmm. not Carmella. It's not Nikki Cross. It's definitely not Raquel Rodriguez. I know there's a lot of talks about Raquel. Like, bro, like, bro that you can hear a pin drop when Raquel, she's got the hot tag and like the crowd doesn't give a fuck. You know what I'm right. saying? Like the, the proof is in the pudding, like I always say. And then like Liv Morgan, I like Liv Morgan a lot, but having her in the match would not make sense. Natalia, she already, she, she already gets jobbed out to everybody anyway so we don't yeah. even have to worry about her <laughs> it as, as sucks that that may you know it, you know it's unfortunate that may sound mm-hmm. and then carmella we've already seen carmella and bianca like a million times over the last two years and then nikki cross again i like nikki but she hasn't been any relevant this is what i mean about all of these ladies right now you you don't book them properly and you throw them in these qualifying matches to compete in a chamber for a mm-hmm. title and you expect us to now give a shit right. about these women. Like, again, or maybe I'm just making too much common sense. I don't freaking know. <laughs> um, but outside of Asuka, this match was just – the outs- if it wasn't for Asuka, I wouldn't have given a shit about this match, honestly. Again, guys, said it once, said it twice. I'm going to say it three times. Asuka is the woman to face Bianca for that Raw Women's Championship. Right, and we're going to find out, honestly, Brian, who really is in charge here when it comes to this. When it comes to this situation, because mm-hmm. if Oscar wins, then we kind of know that you know Triple H actually does have some sort of creativity here in the, in this company. But if it's someone like Raquel, because you know, because I know from sources and all that stuff that you know Vince loves Raquel Rodriguez, and you can tell because as soon as she got to that main roster, she was pushed. Yeah. Heavily, heavily pushed without any proper build. And that's when you know Vince McMahon is really high on somebody. So when Ra- if Raquel wins this, this is a Vince McMahon type of booking decision. But sure if it thing. is Asuka, because we know how high Triple H is on Asuka, then we know that Triple H does have some has some say in this. So it's gonna it's gonna a lot is gonna tell with this match for sure. Uh but Brian, before we move on, man, your thoughts with this whole match and, and Asuka, what do you think about Asuka and everything else? Floor is yours. Yeah, that's literally the only notes I had for this match, too. The best part of it was just Asuka just kicking everybody's ass, you know, just screw it. Like, I'm facing you guys. We're going after the champion or the, you know, the number one contender for the championship. So I'm I'm kicking my teammates' ass. I'm kicking my opponent's ass, and I'm winning this shit. Um, yeah, that, that was by far the best part of the match. Otherwise, I didn't give a shit about it either. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, I, I like Bianca. Um, I feel like her her title reign, yes, has been underwhelming. I, you know, I, I can't really necessarily put that on her, I, you know, so much. But, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the show, and we've said for weeks, this is Asuka's match to win. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, going into Mania, I think she's going to, or at least I, I think she should beat Bianca uh, at Mania. Um, or at least that's what I'd like to see and and have her, you know, give her, give this woman a legit title reign, you know, and, and see what, what she can do with the women's division. Um, yeah, that, that was the highlight of the match was Asuka, no doubt. There's literally nobody else in this elimination chamber 
that I care about, you know, that that I could you could make a legitimate story of why they won the match and are going to face Bel Air other than Asuka. So, yeah, that's where yeah. I am with that. No, absolutely. Next segment, we have the Alpha Academy. They run into the maximum male models. And Maxine is looking to uh, to get Otis <laughs> to join the maximum uh, maximum male models. Like, they're pretty much, you know, he's eating a hot dog and freaking Chad Gable's like, bro, what are you eating this shit for? It's full of toxins and freaking all this garbage. And get right. mustard all over freaking Mansoir and Marseille. Fucking those. See, I didn't names. even know their names, man. <laughs> yeah, Marseille and Mansoir. That, that, okay. those are their names. Um, and yeah, like you know, it's so yeah, like uh, Maxine. I think that's her name. Um, mm-hmm. she's pretty much trying to recruit Otis to the maximum male models, and like Chad Gable's funny. He's playing it off. He's like, oh, you know, like. You know, it's like I've I've always looked into modeling, but I'm more of like an education, like brawn over brain type of guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Otis. Right. She says. And then uh, Otis's reaction's funny. He's like, oh, like Otis. Like that's <laughs> I guys, Otis is just so freaking funny. Um, yeah. And then like the segment ends. He's like, listen, he hands him the business card, like, we'll be in touch. Um and yeah, so that was the segment. Now, I you guys are probably expecting me to shit on this, but I actually have a different perspective on this segment. But Brian, I'm going to have you start with the segment. The floor is yours. Um, yeah, it, it was okay. Um, uh, here, here's where I think if, if this is what you're doing, this is where I would like it to go. Because, um, so you know, is Alpha Academy headed for a split here, and and Otis? joins uh the maximum male models which again given otis's uh you know comedic ability i think if if they did that and try to put him in some like modeling situation with obviously this dude is like a brick shit house just a, a cannonball of a man um dude he could he could really really be funny and something like that so you know, well, I mean, I literally have no idea really who the maximum male models are and, and don't care about them right now. But if you did something like this where you put Otis with them in some like, you know, I, I could just see it now and like some like photo shoot with Otis and, you know, some shit like that. Like he could really make it entertaining. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It just made me question, like, you know, is is uh, Alpha Academy about to split here, and Otis is going to go try and try his hand at modeling, I guess. <laughs> so, which I think he could he could really kill that if if that's the way they go. So yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going. I don't think Alpha Academy is going to split. I, I, I that's no? I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, uh, I think they it could they could like put hints into it and maybe like tell a story like oh like Otis is. You know, he could be leaning into the maximum enemy. Chad Gable, Chad Gable pulls him back in and whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think that they're actually going to make Otis a freaking like turn him into a, a man or a freaking, <laughs> I don't think they're going to, no, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Well, I, I can, but I don't think that that's where they're going to go. It wouldn't shock me if they go that route. Right. But here's why guys, I don't mind this segment. Now you guys are you're like, wow, James, you're going to praise this segment. Yes, I am actually, because here's the thing. I would rather see this, Ryan, than you put wrestler A and wrestler B in less than a three-minute match. Sure. Like, 
you're not doing anything with Alpha Academy. Mm-hmm. You're hardly doing shit with the maximum male model. Then put them in something. There's a crazy yeah. concept. This was two minutes. It's no harm, no foul. It's two minute. It's a two minute segment of a three hour show. So this did no harm, no foul at all. And like how many times, guys, have we always talked about, you know, put the Alpha Academy in something, mm-hmm. right? And stop having them always job out to other stories and other wrestlers. Give them something. Well, to me, this is this is something. They do the comedy shtick well. You know, Otis is a freaking gem. He's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Dad Gable does a tremendous job with comedic stuff. And listen, if you're going to involve the maximum male models, you know, I understand people just want to shit on them, and rightfully so. If you're going to involve them into something, then get creative. I'd rather see this than a freaking three-minute squash match against one of your own active roster talent. Right. Like, like, be honest, guys. Like, I'd rather see this for two minutes that could potentially lead to something funny and lead to something positive mm-hmm. than have just another three-minute filler of a match, which is an, another one of those, which is the very next segment, which we'll get to in a, just a second. Then then yeah, then just talent just being wasted with nothing being led to at all, you know? Right. So this did no harm, no foul, you know? And I don't think, I don't think they're actually going to put Otis legitimately with the maximum male models. I don't, I really don't yeah. think that that's going to happen I guess maybe I all. need to backtrack on that. Look, so when I said that, like, I, and I, again, you have to build it. So I, I see like a, you know, yes, put, you know, put these guys in a feud and have, you know, uh, whatever the girl's name is, you know, keep trying to Maxine. recruit Maxine, yeah. Maxine trying to yeah. keep recruit, recruit uh, Otis and, you know, kind of getting his ear a little bit about, you know, oh, you have a, you know, sexy physique or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it uh, before, like Otis's best work, right, was back with uh, Mandy Rose, you know, a couple years ago or whatever it was when he was kind of like the 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 lover boy heartthrob kind of I, I still remember that segment because it was done very well right <laughs> up to mania it was actually done very well yeah so i could see him doing something similar you know with with this here and yeah again like you said i mean the alpha academy is really doing nothing uh maximum male models just got there you know the tag division, you know, we've talked about, you know, the street profits maybe breaking up, the Usos, you know, who knows where they're gonna go. So yeah, you know, get get these guys involved in some kind of feud here. You know, I'm I'm down for that. Absolutely. Now again, guys, I and before we get into this next match, I understand you see something like this and it's 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 like, oh, what the hell is this? Like this is so <laughs> corny, it's so stupid. But guys, again, if you really think about it, if you're try if you're trying to be a if you're trying to dissect this the way that we dissect this, you understand and you understand where we are coming from, that this does no harm, no foul to anybody. Yeah, right. I'd rather see this. You develop a story between these two teams mm-hmm. and that could lead to something that's actually funny because actually this segment was actually funny with Otis being like, oh, snap, Otis. Like, Otis. that sounds pretty catchy. <laughs> like, that's it got a pop out of freaking me. I bet it got a yeah. lot of pop. It got some pops out of a lot of fans. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, it was funny, bro. Otis is freaking funny. Chad Gable does a tremendous job with his comedy shtick. Showcase that. If that's the route you want to go with, just don't make them look like complete jokes. Like, they can't be right. taken seriously. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Have something for these people. And if you put some time and effort, it could work. Who Absolutely. knows? You gotta, 
you know, you, but you got to test the waters, you know, it could sink or swim, but you don't know if you don't try. Right. But anyway, let's move on to this next match. Bronson Reed versus Mustafa Ali. Literally just a waste of three fucking minutes. Um, Bronson Reed wins this match via the tsunami. Actually, there was a spot where freaking Bronson Reed just launches uh freaking Ali over the barricade and he just hits a bunch he hits a freaking mm-hmm. bunch of steel chairs. It actually looked really gruesome. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah that I mean and I give credit to Ali like a lot of bumps that he takes is like freaking insane. I do give mm-hmm. Ali that credit. But yeah Reed wins via the tsunami and that's that's it. This match was legit three minutes. Um well look with Bronson Reed um listen I I actually didn't mind because there was a backstage like a like a small backstage segment again with Dolph and Ali, this weird love affair or whatever the fuck they're having. <laughs> right. But Bronson Reed's just coming in, like, you know, he heard he heard Ali talking shit to Bronson about the loss that, that Dolph Ziggler took to Bronson. And he's just like, you know, he's just very little words were spoken. I forgot what was said, but very little words were spoken, like, hey, like meet me out the ring and like, you know, you know, put your uh you know, put your words to the test or something like that. Something along those lines, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, it's like kind of straight to the point. I think that that's where Bronson Reed kind of needs to be like either just be all just, you know, very little talking like because he can't really talk that well on the mic anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like just have him showcase his physicality like the tsunami like dude, like he this dude just like I feel bad for Mustafa Ali because when he hits the tsunami like it's just like, you know, all hell just breaks loose. It's like there's nothing you can do. It's like this big ginormous freaking 300 pound plus dude just collapsing on you it's just like and he doesn't even give a fuck he just just jumps and just like oh well we'll we'll see how this just goes it's just yeah but um but yeah um as far as mustafa ali this guy has been i mean this guy we got to think that this dude is just done um this this guy is just completely just he's been he's been treated like a like a joke like Mm -hmm. a clown and this is what i don't understand he could have just had a freaking jobber. He could have had the Brooklyn Brawler just get his ass whooped by freaking Bronson Reed, and I would have been totally okay with it. Yeah. But again, it's just again, I've I've ranted about that with Mia Yim and Piper Niven, and I I I still I still feel the same way about this match. So Brian, your thoughts before we get into the third hour? Uh, we can just actually get into the third hour. Like I, I have nothing to say about the match. Like I mean, I feel like with uh, Mustafa. Like Mustafa, Corbin, and even Dolph. I mean, they're they're like the three, the three kind of jobbers of the WWE. You know, Dude, and um, Dolph is actually still good. Like Dolph yeah, can actually for still sure. yeah. go. That's what sucks, you know. I know, yeah. Um, and Bronson Reed, you know, I haven't, you know, he's still new. I haven't seen enough of him to really form an opinion, and he's not really like so far building a character. You know, I, I know he's going to be in the in the elimination chamber and. You know, I I fully expect he'll have some spots in there where it's going to be like really physical and brutal just because of his size and the fact that you're in the elimination chamber. Um, But yeah, I wasn't invested in this match and I don't really have anything to say about it. Enough said, man. Enough said. There's really nothing to say because it's just like I said earlier, it's kind of just a waste of time. I don't know. What this does for Reed, I guess, to hype him up in the chamber because he's in right. the chamber match and Mustafa Aliyah just does absolutely zero. Nothing. Yeah. Hour number three, we go into Miz TV with his special guest, Seth Rollins. 
and his ginormous red boots <laughs> that he oh, wore these... the ring. He is legitimately, guys, walking to the ring like he's legit. He's like legit a walking meme at this point. Um, <laughs> right. Like if you like, haven't bro, seen like, it, man, check it like out. De- yeah. Like like dead ass, man. Like honest to god. Um, it was like so Papa they, Smurf boots. I mean. I think they're like I think they're called Astro Boy boots. They're they're, they're like these new boots that have trended on on social media. That's that, the first the way, time I've ever seen like these. Thousands of dollars, like fucking hey, bro. Really? It's like Astro Boy. Like if you guys don't know, if he's like an anime, he's like a Japanese anime character, like a superhero character. If you guys don't know that, just look it up. It's like this. It have it's it was like years ago, years and years ago, and now I guess that that trend with his boots, I guess somehow started up or something i don't know um i know for a fact that those boots cost a shit ton of freaking money which is like (laughs) like bro like who the fuck would spend ten thousand listen if if you were to give me those shoes for like maybe a few like i don't know 50 some odd bucks then maybe i'll wear them i could maybe rock i can honestly pull that look off but for like ten thousands of dollars two thousands of dollars like dude what the fuck man <laughs> the, the people that they spend money on it's just weird but yeah he's coming out with these big red boots looking like freaking like like he's like he's in super mario bros like he's crushing mushrooms and freaking you know if you guys <laughs> yeah. have you know if you guys play super mario bros where they hit the thing and then they jump over and the thing you know that's that's pretty much what seth rollins he's he's like he's like walking like he's pretty much stepping on freaking those little mushroom thing, you know, like you guys play Super Mario Bros. Those little mm-hmm. mushrooms that you step on—that's pretty much what Seth Rollins is doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, red boots. Very interesting. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say because that was pretty much the whole highlight of Seth Rollins. Is like, yeah, pretty much his his, his, his outfit. Boots. Yeah, his ridiculous his outfit, outfit. In, his big, in his big ass red boots. But anyway, uh, moving on into the segment, um, they're pretty much just talking elimination chamber, and this whole situation with Logan Paul. Um, you know, Seth, um, he's like, he's pretty much not really even acknowledging Logan much during the, during when he's in ring, when he's on camera, I think he calls Logan a dumpster fire <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> you know, Miss is like, listen, you know, you talk about him on these dirt sheets and this and that, but you won't talk him when you're here. Why is that? Um, you know, and, and Miz keeps bringing it up and all of a sudden Seth just freaking just snaps on and he calls him Mike, like, shut up, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, and he's like, look, he's like all, and now he starts to get serious. And I don't know how you can get serious by wearing these fucking boots. That's all I'm just going to say. Yeah. But Seth, he's, he's like, look, he's like, all I ever wanted to do was headline WrestleMania, you know, be in the main event. That's all I ever wanted to do since I got into professional wrestling. And all Logan wants to do is just, you know, make as much money as possible and just be famous. That's all he wants to pretty much do. Again, mm-hmm. not speaking quote-unquote just speaking hypothetically here um you know it's listen he doesn't care about the business he only cares about himself and pretty much filling his pockets and they keep going and he really like really gets aggravated like he's kind of like a heel again this is what i'm gonna get into seth rollins when we get at the end of this segment here because again it just this character just doesn't make any fucking sense yeah um you know the miz continues to harp about logan and uh or excuse me harp about seth you know seth all of a sudden he just calls the Miz stupid. And I'm like, okay, like, okay, listen, the Logan Paul thing. I'm like, okay, that was, it was something. I'm like, okay, like you're telling a story about me. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden they go off the tracks and just like Miz, like you're like, you just called him stupid. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Brooklyn is Miz stupid. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, what? And like, it just went off the fucking rails after that. 
And Miz is like getting pissed. And then he starts talking shit to Rollins. He's like, hey, I made a vented WrestleMania, something you never did. Kept talking a bunch of shit. And then Rollins, uh, Rollins just sucker punches the Miz. And then freaking Austin Theory gets involved because we have nothing else for Austin Theory. <laughs> so let's throw him in this Miz TV segment because this mid-card division is a fucking joke. And it is a clown show. Um, you know, Theory attacks Rollins from behind. Um, you know, Miz and then Miz is trying to take advantage in the outside. He brings Rollins back into the ring. And then Rollins, when it's all said and done with those big shiny red boots, freaking hits that, that curb stomp to the Miz. And then theory finished, you know, he, he, uh, takes advantage. Um, and he gains the upper hand with an a town down to Seth Rollins. And yeah, your United States champion, Austin theory stands tall. Um, uh, Brian, before I get into the segment, uh, I'll start with you. Your thoughts with this Miss TV segment? Yeah, I mean, his his outfit said everything it needed to say about the whole segment. It was just a whole clown show. Um, listen, I, you know, I've never been less invested in Seth Rollins than I have been in the last like year to year and a half. Like this whole. Again, you don't really know if he's heel or babyface, and he just kind of has like the maniacal laugh and the ridiculous outfit. It's confusing as fuck. And that's all no it one is. Understood. Yeah. Like, again, it's a casual perspective, guys. Guys, if you're just a casual fan and you look at Seth and you're like, I don't know what this is. He, is he a, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Because he's, mm-hmm. he's praising to the crowd. He wants people to sing his song, but he's got the he's got all these heel tendencies. He's got the laugh. He's he's like. He's talking shit about Logan, who I guess is supposed to be the face in all of this. With I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, it's confusing. It's just confusing the fuck out of your audience, guys. And when you confuse your audience, people do not get invested. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I and and look, Rollins has all all the talent in the world. You know, he's been at the at the the top of the top. You know, in, in the wrestling industry. But yeah, this ever since he's done this whole again, I don't even know what it is. It's just a a weird, you know, kind of like a a weird fashion guy, kind of jokerish, kind of just maniac, and it's just all over the freaking place. And yeah, I'm, you know, I I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but he's got the song. Oh, oh. and even the. And even that song that, to oh, me. Oh, like Seth Rollins is over. No, Seth Rollins is not over. It's the fucking song that's just yeah. over. You notice a lot that too, Brian. People just fans just like to sing theme songs, mm-hmm. right? They do it with Cody Rhodes, um, yep. Becky Lynch. I guess they've done it a time or two, and now they're doing with. Oh, yeah. That's the thing with Seth. Like, how can I get the fans to to like me again or get invested in me again? And Becky Lynch. Well, Becky Lynch, I'm sure, was like, well, they sing my song, and then it's like, bingo, and then it's <laughs> fucking. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Look to finish yeah. this. Uh, oh, here, continue your thoughts. No, no, that that's it. I, I just, yeah, I, I didn't really care about the segment. Um, I, I guess that's what they're kind of going for. Is it'll be Rollins and Logan Paul at Mania? It, it seems like maybe that's a track they're on. It's yeah, uh, yeah, right. I just don't know. Look, I understand what they were trying to do. Listen, to be funny, the boots and the Miz. Yeah. I mean, Miz is pretty much being just like a just a comedic jobber the last couple of weeks. So I understand mm-hmm. they were trying to be fun. I get it, guys. And it was it was funny at times. Like I I just don't get it would have been more funny if I just understood Seth Rollins' character because I don't <laughs> know what he is. 
Yeah. He, again, he's just a, a walking meme that's just just from another fucking planet or some shit. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and again, you know, people want to say like, you know, and listen, if you're a fan of Seth, that's fine. But it's just like, dude, you can't tell me that Seth Rollins is involved of anything that's just important. Mm-hmm. Like what? He's in a feud with Logan. Like what's the like, okay, he's supposed to be a baby face. Then what's that make Logan? Is Logan supposed to be because because he was a face against Roman Reigns when he faced yeah, him at right. the what was it? The uh was, was it like Crown, Crown Jewel? Jewel? Crown Jewel, yeah. Crown Jewel in Saudi. Like yep. so, so so what so what do you do here? So like I, I don't understand where they're going in, in regards to mania. It's just it's just a such an odd situation. Mm-hmm. And then again, you just have to have Theory and Rollins together because we've we've never seen that before. Yeah. Theory and Rollins in the same segment? Never seen that before, have we? No, right. I don't think so. <laughs> just, yeah, man, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, it sucks, man, because I like Seth. I want to yeah, get Seth because he, he, he has so much talent. And the guy yeah. is legit your top guy, but there's nothing important about him. Or nothing right. to get invested into about him. And that's the problem, guys. You can be a big Seth Rollins fan as much as you want. Sing his fucking song. I don't give a shit. You can't sit here and tell me that this dude is is more... You're more invested to what he's doing right now than Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Roman, or anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's just another freaking dude on the roster. I know that might be hard to hear. Oh, James, you're an asshole, dude. Stop being mean, bro. Just being real with y'all. Yeah. Backstage, we go into Rick Boogs and Elias. Um, by the way, the MVP and Shelton and Cedric, they're in the back talking. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of that lately with the specifically those three. You see them like like always talking, like the the camera camera is purposely like showing them talking backstage or back or behind the in the background of a certain segment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had that. So what, guys? A potential tag team, a feud here. Like, and I actually listen, I understand, like, maybe a lot of people may not like this situation. I'm actually gonna jump into this this match that he had with with the Miz. This was pretty much a one-minute match. He pretty much just squashes the freaking Miz. And again, props to the Miz for accepting to do this because I don't know how you would do this at all. Mm-hmm. He pretty much just wins the match. He he's like he's bicep curling the Miz. He calls he calls Boogs a meathead. He's like, look, he tries to call the match off before the match. Uh, match starts. He's like curling the Miz, like freaking bicep curling the Miz, and he wins via uh, some power slam. He has him like pressed overhead, and he body slams him for the win. This again, this match was literally a minute. Look with Boogs, I actually there's something. It's I think this is the first character Brian where like you have a you have a wrestler, a character that's pretty much on crystal meth. Because all this dude is doing is just right. like he's shaking, like I'm booging out, man. <laughs> it's actually funny, but I'm just like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, but the, again, but there is something about Boogs that is funny, like, and I want to get invested with Boogs because I think there's something there. But it's just, it's the way they're going about it now. They're making him attached to Elias because oh, he also plays the guitar. Plays guitar. He's also a musician. Again, I don't know. And frankly, guys, in regards to this situation, Boogs and Elias, I don't care. I, I yeah. don't. Uh, Brian, your thoughts, if you have any, on this whole thing. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of going to go maybe a different direction. Like, I have no interest 
or <laughs> in boogs at all right now. Like I, yeah, it's just kind of silly. And whether I don't know, you know, I, I guess maybe they have Elias and Boogs team, which inevitably will end up in a feud. And I don't care either way. I don't care if they're a team. I don't care if it's a feud. Um, uh, I, I don't really care to see it. Boogs's character right now is just yeah, like you said, like like some cracked out meth head or something like booging out and just doing the yeah. the bicep curls and the the forearm curls and yeah, okay, yeah, all right, all right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh man um all right so next segment uh before we get to the main event as we're nearing the the end of the show here uh chelsea green and adam pierce backstage i just love their the chemistry between these two it's just so freaking funny um uh what does chelsea green say he's like listen after the raw and smackdown last week i have sent your manager long emails about my grievances (laughs) it's just the way she's delivering the lines and adam pierce Mm. It's again, it's just their chemistry. Their chemistry yeah. is just it's actually it's funny, guys. You know, it's really funny. As even though Chelsea's pretty much gonna be the like I, I spoke about this on SmackDown, she's pretty much just gonna be about this comedic jobber, which I guess you could say has a place, but I don't want them to just make her look like a complete clown, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm scared of about Chelsea because she's actually doing what she's been given very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope they just don't go into that route. She 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 demands that she wants in the triple threat to be involved in the chamber. Um, he's like, put me in, and Adam Pierce is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And she ends up like, um, accidentally maybe touching her, and she's like, oh my god, if you touch me, I'll scream. She's like, I'm feeling very threatened right now. And Pierce has no words. He he has no more words. He just walks off again. It's just such a funny. Funny segment that guys, it's no harm, no foul. You're developing right. this character in Chelsea Green that actually has a lot of potential. And and this segment was what about two minutes mm-hmm. or something like that? It does no harm, no foul in a three-hour yeah. show. I like I'd rather you do that, develop characters and put them in something than throw out a than throw Matt again, superstar A, superstar B in a five-minute match. And mm-hmm. leads to nothing. We see, we already see that enough of that on Wednesday nights. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, man. I, I I like I really like what Chelsea <clears throat> Green is doing. I think she's been she's been delivering or she whatever she's been given, she's been doing a flawless job. And yeah, just hats off to Chelsea Green. This is why she was in my uh in my honorable mentions uh mm-hmm. from this past uh um top five list for this past week on the SmackDown review. So uh, before we get into the main event, man, Brian, your thoughts on Chelsea Green and uh, you know where where your head's at with this character and where do you think uh, if, if it can work or not? Pretty much, uh, the floor is yours. Take it away. So yeah, I definitely think it can work, and and her her promos or her backstage seg- segments, um, I thought or think have been pretty good. It's just that I don't trust WWE. Like, if you're gonna continue this and try to build this character she can't always be going out there and jobbing out to people, right? You're going to have, like, she's going to have to win some matches and and start, like, building it. And I just don't trust WWE to do that. I think more than anything, um, in which I, I don't hope for, for Chelsea Green's sake, but I, I can see it just being a short-lived, you know, little, you know, whatever you want to call it, and over by Mania, because if you're going to continue to have her go out there and lose in two, three minutes, 
while she's doing this Karen character backstage, which I think she's doing well. Um, it's just it's gonna lose steam real quick. And obviously we know WWE well as soon as again you're 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 booking her into a corner and then the audience is gonna lose lose interest and then you're just gonna change your character in another month or two, right? So um I think she's doing good promo work. I, I do think there is a is an avenue and a storyline here to to build, but I I don't trust WWE to do that right now. Oh no, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> no, me neither, man. All right, guys, main event time. We have reached the main event. This was the triple threat match: Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch versus Bailey. Uh, if you guys heard the opening segment from earlier, you guys know what's pretty much on the line here. Match time was 17 minutes. Um, Brian, I'm not going to lie. This, For the most part, or at least for some parts, this match was pretty ugly. Um, this mm-hmm. is why I can't stand triple threats because it's just a bunch of sh- – it's, it's a bunch of schmozzery. It's a bunch of clown circus fest that just doesn't – it's not needed, especially not yeah. in your weekly televised shows. Right. Um, just the match was, again, just very sloppy at times. And it sucks because Becky is a very good wrestler. Bailey is a very good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair, also a very good wrestler. All three yep. of these women, but just something about this match just did not click. And it was again, like I said, it just got extremely ugly, which is just again, it's just ridiculous because again, but let's put on a triple threat because why not? It's Belair, Becky, and Bailey. We have nothing else for Becky and and and, and uh Becky and Bailey because you know we put all of our pretty much put all of our chips into one basket going into elimination chamber from last week. Yeah, um, like with no Lita, no Trish. So let's just, you know, let's just hint, you know, a possibility they could be going after a title. You know, just again, it's just so odd. Damage control is out there. Um, they come to the aid of Beck uh, of ba- I almost said Becky <laughs> ba- uh, of Bailey. Um, Lynch hits the manhandle slam, but Dakota and EO pull her out of the ring, um, and they're taking her out outside of the ring. They continue to get involved now with with Bianca as it's now between uh, Bailey and Bianca at the moment, and all of the women from the Elimination Chamber match they just come running all down like they're chasing after the twenty four seven title like it's the twenty four seven championship all <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, right. You know, they attack Damage Control because you know I mean I understand the situation. You know they don't want another member in this Chamber match, so they want mm-hmm. Belair to win. I guess I don't know. Just again, I don't know why this is even a thing. Um, Belair, uh, again, so EO is gets involved. She's on the top rope. Belair picks up EO and she's th- and she throws EO onto the rest of the women outside. She's like literally like shoulder presses EO and just throws her over the top rope over or onto the other women um, outside of the ring. I said Liv Morgan, Raquel, everyone else was out there. Yeah. Um, Lynch hits another manhandle slam. So Lynch is back into this match. So all three of them are back into the match. She hits a manhandle slam. And then Belair, um, right after she hits that, Belair hits a KOD to Lynch onto Bailey. So she she hits the KOD onto Lynch, but lands on Bailey. And Belair pins Bailey for the win. Um, and that was it. Belair stands tall as your champion, as she should, because she's your fucking champion. <laughs> Yeah, and then legit Brian for the last I want to say three to four minutes, WWE just promotes the Elimination Chamber card because they're like, oh shit, we have some time, we have nothing else, let's just promote the fucking card, and it mm-hmm. just goes off of 
And I'm like, I'm like, please, I'm like, guys, don't don't just have this match just go off the air and just have Bianca win the match. Please don't do it. There, there's got to be something. Like, give me something else. There's got to be something. There's something. <laughs> and shit, there was nothing else. We just go off the air. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Um, Brian, before I I harp into this and I and and we end the show, um, your, your thoughts with this main event uh, as a whole. Floor is yours. Take it away. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, um, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of the match happening, you know, in the first place. Um, and yeah, there was a couple of like weird spots in there where like, I think there was one where uh, Bailey, Bailey did something, right? Becky's Becky's on her back. She, somehow, she does something to Bel Air to where now Bel Air is laying directly on top of Becky, right? And, and Bailey's going up to the top, I think, to hit her elbow. But I'm looking at it as like there's a pinning combination right there, or there's a pin right there that the referee referee doesn't even acknowledge because Belair is on top of Becky, Becky's shoulders on the mat, and they're waiting for Bailey to go up to the to the top rope. And again, it just seemed so like why wouldn't the ref that Belair is pinning Becky at that moment, you know? And then even at the end of the match where uh, uh, Belair hits the KOD. On you know, on to Becky, on to Bailey, and then Becky has to kind of like roll off where the way she landed and the way the KOD is designed to go, right? She she basically threw uh Becky into a pin onto onto Bailey, and then Becky has to kind of roll off so Belair can can get the pin. It just seemed kind of weird to me. And again, the match wasn't I wasn't a, man, a fan of the match. Yes, Belair had to win that match, and then, and and again, I think all those those two. Well, at least that first one when uh, uh Bailey was going up to the top rope and Belair was already pinning uh, uh Becky. I don't think damage control was out there yet. I could be wrong about that, but anyway, like you said, it was it was just kind of sloppy in spots and and just didn't didn't make sense in spots like. Yeah, we've seen it before. Like Brock Lesnar just did it to, uh, I guess it was Theory and Lesnar not too yes, long ago when he hit the F five. Yes, yes. Where mm -hmm. and so Belair basically does the same thing here. Like, why wouldn't Becky go for the cover? Instead, she just rolls off of her. Like it was just. And see, this is the thing, guys. We don't forget about what happens weeks and weeks prior. Yeah. We don't. We're not those types of fans, you know, because <laughs> Vince McMahon prize on fans that to just forget about everything like oh yeah. like what happened to me that didn't happen like don't forget about that no motherfucker we did not forget what happened two three a month ago leading yeah. up to the show so again we're not fucking idiots this is why we are who we are and why we want to become voices of this community because we tell it like it is and we remember stuff and everything in between so brian yeah yeah so yeah, it was just like I said. Not the the match wasn't necessary. Obviously, the the story here going into elimination chamber is damage control and Becky and Lita and probably Trish. You know uh, that seems where it's going. Um, yeah, uh, just the whole premise to begin with of adding a seventh person to the elimination chamber was silly to begin with. So uh, glad Belair won. Glad there's not a seventh person in the chamber. Uh, kind of a shitty way to end the sh end the show. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean that was that's pretty much it. Yeah, and it's just like guys, like what what did this do 
to get anybody like guys this is the go home show so mm-hmm. you start the night off with potentially like you you potentially thrusting becky and bailey into this title situation like oops just kidding yeah belair wins this match nobody's in and now we're just it's just what what did this do for bailey and and, and, and becky. becky yeah okay great for bianca she should be winning matches that's awesome right but you had a story with lita potentially with trish mm-hmm. like why are they just they just thrusted them into into this title picture it's like what the fuck are we doing yeah exactly I, I, and it sucks because i spoke highly about that like oh snap like this could this mm. could lead to something you got lita you got trish i understand you could be building other women but in this situation like the fact that you haven't built women at this point if you're gonna put trish and yeah. lita who could still go by the way even at their age i have no problem with it but like th- this is what you do Mm-hmm. To, to your go home show <laughs> so you start literally from square one so what was the point of all of this right it, it, yeah it, exactly if you weren't going to have what either bailey or becky win then why have the which again i, I wouldn't to, be in to, favor to, to of fill, but... to fill up your show with a triple threat like right because you have nothing else you have nothing for bailey and becky to tell the story mm-hmm. because you know oh let's just throw them in the title picture for like a brief few for a few uh, few hours <laughs> right like, yeah it's just like i don't understand like what is this getting me more excited about this raw chamber match mm-hmm. and there's the answer is nothing nope just the such like this is your go home show like and, and like nothing n- nothing got and nobody got any more invested and listen if you actually enjoyed the show great that's awesome like more props to you I'm happy you're enjoying the product. I mm-hmm. I really truly am. But you can't sit here and tell me that factually, like if you're being realistic with yourself, this accomplished nothing. No. This accomplished nothing about Bianca Belair and her title reign and her in the title picture in general and Bailey and Becky. Yeah. There's nothing. You just start off with like, oh, you know, to to get to get hyped about the chamber match, let's hint about a potential woman that could be added to the match but then at the end it's just oh they're not in because the champion won Mm -hmm. and now again we're just back to where we started from from the beginning of the show so what guys what what was the point of this because we knew that bailey and becky don't even they don't even need to be in this title picture it's not needed Right. So, and we know that they're not going to be challengers to ba- to uh, to Bianca. So what? So what was the point? <laughs> you just wasted everybody's time. You wasted Brooklyn's time. You wasted everyone else's freaking time watching, and nothing got accomplished with the show. Nothing about the show got any of us more invested to be. I well, I gotta watch the chamber now. Outside of maybe Sammy and. And Cody and, and, and Roman and Cody or, well, in that situation. Yeah, if you want right, to harp right. on that, you know, and, and and to be honest with you, that segment, the way it was written, like I mentioned earlier, wasn't was just weird. Outside of that, I mean, yes, you had some funny segments. You had uh the maximum male models and Otis. You know, like I, I mentioned, there were some bright spots in the Cody and, and Zane um mm-hmm. promo, the back and forth promo. Yes, the Seth Rollins thing, I guess, at times was funny. But, guys, who the fuck is Seth Rollins and why do we need to fucking care? Because we are so fucking confused on who he is. 
and Asuka looking dominant, which was freaking was probably honestly, um, to me, honestly, for me, Brian, um, and honestly, factually, if I, the, the more I'm thinking about it was the bright spot of the show was Asuka. Yeah, I'm, uh, shoot, I mean, yeah, that was number two for me for sure. But yeah, yeah. absolutely, that that was. I would awesome, say, yeah, I would say know? it's it's between the two. Listen, if, if Sammy and Cody was because uh, listen, I, I will give them credit. Like I said, you mentioned this before, Brian, about people turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Well, whoever the fuck wrote that about Sammy Zayn, like, did you mean what you said about me, Cody, last week, and like yeah. actually made that at least somewhat good? Then I'll give it credit. But like to me, man, it, like Oscar was the way that she was booked in that match was just as good for sure. Cody and Sami Zayn were back and forth. It just was. Yeah. Yeah. I can um, see because that. Let's be honest. Heyman and Cody to me was honest. And listen, I'm not saying guys that this was bad, but Heyman and Cody last week was light years, light years better than this. Because again, the story is not, they're trying to make it like seem like, Oh, Sammy and Cody, could it possibly happen? And I understand, but like, guys, it's not going to happen, nor should it. Um, and outside of that, um, guys, this was a, this show was mid. Yeah. That's all the show was. And that's the problem. And that's why, and to close this out, um, and again, we appreciate you guys tuning into this episode, episode 19, Monday night raw review. Um, and you know, this is why I bring statistics and facts because Brian, it it wouldn't shock me if this, if this show hits a one seven or a one eight, you know? We talk about, you know, moving the goalposts with these shows. It's like, you know, you're in WrestleMania season, right? There's no more there's no more Monday night football. There's no more of these fucking excuses that people want to give. Holidays, yeah. presidential speeches. Like, dude, like put on consistent shows to get fans invested mm-hmm. and hit that two million more consistently. Do that. If you can't even do that, the bare minimum, then like that's that's not good. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's not good at all. I called AEW out. You know, I I know I I I. It feels like I always trash about AEW, but if you guys, if you watch the AEW shows, you guys know why. But again, I'm gonna do the same thing for Monday Night Raw and WWE. That's just how this platform works. There's no WWE marks here. There's no AEW marks here. We are professional wrestling fans as a whole, and that's what I want this platform to be known of. And that's I want to bring all the people that have joined this community to be also be such to just mm-hmm. be pro wrestling fans, no matter what company you're watching, that you are a professional wrestling fan, regardless Absolutely. of the company guys. I want to thank you guys again for tuning into this episode. This was episode 19, our Monday night raw review. This was February 13th, 2023. Make sure you guys tune in for episode 20. We've, we're reaching 20 episodes. It's yeah. insane, man, already. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, we will be uh, covering, uh, say it again, Brian, what, what's it called? It's going to be the AEW shit show on Thursday. There it is, the <laughs> AEW shit show, man. Um, and um, I, I also know I mentioned this before about NXT, you know, depending on, you know, with Toxic Attraction and their little spiel that's going on in NXT, uh, who knows? You might hear something about NXT uh, in the cold open sure. for that AEW Dynamite review. So make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that. And of course, on either Saturday or Sunday will be that SmackDown review. Of course, we will keep you guys notified when that episode comes. 
Um, and of course, whether Brian is able to uh, to be a part of that show or not, of course, we will always keep you guys uh, updated with all of that. And yeah, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And we are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.